This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, May 17th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Talley. Your steady stable lines. Purdue reviewing trade aid options. Growers to USDA. Don't short us this time. And soggy corn states set for new soaking. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Purdue arrived back from his trip to Japan and South Korea yesterday. And government officials tell AgriPulse he headed straight to USDA headquarters where his lieutenants had put together options for a new 15 to $20 billion trade assistance package. Purdue may not have gotten much time yesterday to study those proposals because he dashed off to attend a Rose Garden speech on immigration by President Trump. But as soon as Purdue is satisfied with a plan that officials say will be broader and more inclusive than the previous $12 billion package, he'll be taking it over to the White House for final approval. Separately, USDA is working with congressional appropriators on provisions that could be added to a disaster aid package that the Senate is likely to consider next week. Sources say the provisions would increase the amount of money USDA can spend through the Commodity Credit Corporation, the source being used to make both direct payments and commodity purchases. Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby of Alabama confirmed the trade aid provisions were being discussed as a part of the disaster aid talks, although he wouldn't discuss details. He said the broader negotiations over the aid bill remain on track. Groups pushing changes to MFP. Some farm groups are lobbying USDA for modifications to the market facilitation program that USDA developed last year to make direct payments to producers. USDA has been under criticism from some groups both for the payment rates and the fact that the payments were based on farmers' actual production for 2018. Critics say that was unfair to producers whose yields were lower than usual in 2018. The Texas-based Southwest Council of Agribusiness says in a letter to Purdue that the next round of payment should be based on a farm's recent history of acres that were either planted or prevented from being planted. The letter also argues that payment rates should take into account the indirect effects of trade disruptions on commodities, not just the direct impacts. That's an argument that corn growers are making as well. They were paid just one cent a bushel for their 18 production. Leslie McNitt, and a director for the National Corn Growers Association, said, We hope that they'll recognize some of the real-time market impacts that corn farmers have experienced from all these trade disruptions in a way that they didn't the last time. China, back in the market. Just because there's a trade war raging, it doesn't mean there are no shipments to China. With African swine fever taking a toll on their own pork herd, Chinese importers have made significant pork purchases recently for the U.S. Earlier this month, they imported a whopping 59,400 metric tons of American sorghum, that according to the latest USDA data. The U.S. Grains Council is pleased Chinese end-users are still looking to import U.S. sorghum. That carries Sefrith, the senior director for the group, speaking with AgriPulse. Soggy plains, Midwest to get drenched again. Weather forecasts are calling from 3 to 7 inches of rain to pound the plains in the Midwest over the next several days. Not good news for major corn-producing states that are still way behind on planting. The heaviest amounts are expected in a region stretching from north Texas to south Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. At the start of the week, Illinois farmers had planted 11% of their corn crop compared to 88% at this time a year ago. 
Indiana producers had just 6% of their corn crop on the ground, compared to 69% last year. That according to USDA's latest crop progress report. Officials also expect the Mississippi River to surpass a 1927 record for the longest flood conditions. Now keep in mind, farmers with modern equipment and advanced technology can catch up quickly if they have a chance. Many work all night and plant hundreds of acres when and if the ground dries up. EPA claiming highest interest and nutrient reduction effort. EPA Water Chief David Ross tells AgriPulse the agency is receiving amazing feedback on its efforts to encourage market-based mechanisms to reduce nutrient pollution in the nation's lakes and waterways. EPA held a roundtable in Baton Rouge this week to bring together state, local, and federal officials and representatives from non-government organizations. EPA hasn't ruled out setting pollution limits through the development of TMDLs, but that doesn't resonate well with certain stakeholders, according to Ross. EPA and the USDA's outreach efforts to states on nutrient reduction are having their desired effect, Ross said, sparking increased creative thought in the area. Also in the ag realm, EPA signed a letter of intent yesterday to support sustainable farming practices in Pennsylvania that will lead to environmental benefits for local streams and the Chesapeake Bay. Signers include the Pennsylvania Government Agencies, Pennsylvania Certified Organic, Bill and Evans Farms, and the Rodale Institute. Iraqi drought could spur more imports of U.S. rice. Water scarcity is so severe in Iraq that the government is prohibiting rice farming, a situation that could benefit U.S. exporters, according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Iraq is now expected to import 1.3 million tons of rice in the 2019-20 marketing year. That's 50,000 tons more than the 2018-19 and 150,000 tons more in the year before that. Iraq hasn't purchased U.S. rice in several months, but the government is planning to hold a new 30,000-ton tender for only U.S. rice soon, according to the USA Rice Federation. Iraq imports of U.S. rice for the 1819 year estimated at 180,000 tons, up from 157,000 in 2017-18, that according to the Foreign Agriculture Service. Here's today's They Said It. Harvesting a crop and selling it into a depressed market is certainly hurtful to farmers. However, suffering crop losses while also trying to weather depressed prices is even more hurtful. That's in a letter from the Southwest Council of Agribusiness to Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, May 17th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.